Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. It is wonderful to be with you as we continue in this series of Restored. I'm Pastor Michelle, and I will be bringing the word to you today. And in order to do that, we're going to center around, actually, uh, a passage that has to do a little bit with cooking. Uh, so I'm going to read from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. While Jesus and his disciples were traveling, Jesus entered a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. By contrast, Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal. So Martha came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to prepare the table all by myself? Tell her to help me. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part. It won't be taken away from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. I got to be honest, I don't really like this passage. I don't like it. And part of the reason that I don't like it is because it seems to devalue work especially the work of feeding and hospitality, which is important work. And in, in Martha and Mary's day was not an easy task. It's not an easy task now, um, but it certainly was an easy task when there weren't frozen lasagnas. I, I, I had a friend who uh, came here. She's a, a scholar from Uzbekistan. And she uh, once told me, she said, I think the reason that women's liberation happened in this country was because of frozen food. She said, back in her home, the women spend literally all day making the meals. They spend the entire day preparing breakfast and then lunch and then dinner, doing all the cleanup around it. And she said, there is no way that they can experience any other life just because of the time that it takes to take care of the family. And that is an important role to play. So why is it that Jesus says that what Mary has chosen to do is the better part? Can't there be purpose to both? My additional frustration with this passage is my frustration with Tom Berlin, who wrote the book that we are working with um, for this series, because he has chosen this passage for sanctifying grace. Now, sanctifying grace, we'll just recall, is after we have accepted the gift that Jesus Christ has given us and we have chosen Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we have a journey with God, guided by the Holy Spirit, that we will go through together. And I'm sorry, y'all, that journey takes work. So it seems a little strange to me that this is the passage that Tom Berlin chose when we're dealing with a subject in which we have work to do. So let's think about the nature of work. First of all, there's the nature of the work that we are to do with Christ. And what is the defining characteristic of that? Well, the work that we do in a journey of faith is to love God and to love neighbor. 
And ultimately, our goal is to love like Jesus loves. And that takes a lot of work for us to learn how to do that. But that also makes me think about what kind of work we tend to do. Are we doing the work of reflecting on who Christ is and how Christ calls us to love? Or are we doing the work of busyness? The work that, in fact, really crowds Christ out of the picture. Sometimes it is hard to tell which one we are doing. But there is a defining characteristic. And that is, is it work that is overburdened with worry and distraction? Or is it work that comes from a posture of peace? Both kinds of work sometimes involve some frustration, sometimes involve having to adapt and change, and sometimes involve things that you weren't planning for, and sometimes involve some stress and some strain. But at the heart of it, are you overburdened by worry and distraction, or are you coming from a place of peace knowing that you're doing the things that show love to God's world. One of the great things about my job is that I get to have conversations about people's purposes in life. Um, and I have those with many of you. I've already had those. And then I get to have them with people that are in the process of pursuing a life in full-time ministry. And fairly recently, I had a conversation with someone that I've actually known for a while um, who has finally decided to live into this call into full-time ministry. And I gotta say, in the course of the conversation that we had, one of the things that I noticed is that this, this man, who I have known often to be anxious and to have uh, struggles of worry and to overthink things, was just excited about the life that he had in front of him. And when I sort of threw him a curveball, he caught it. And said, oh, here's what I would do. Here's what I think. And I could tell he had moved from that, that place of worry and distraction to that posture of peace. Because he had purpose in what he was doing. So how do we focus and identify the work we do for Christ? Well, at the heart of it, it is being you got to pay attention to two things. One, you need to pay attention to the moment. Because depending on the moment, you may find Christ in different ways. There are times when we find Christ present in the preparation of meals, when we come to communion, for instance, or when we are feeding. I am certain that Christ is present in the work of our food pantry. I am certain that Christ was present in the feeding of the 5,000. I am certain that Christ is present in that work. But there are moments when the work we need to do for Christ is quiet reflection. And honestly, in our culture, that is a culture of busyness, we struggle with making that space. We struggle with making time to stop reflect, pray, study, 
hear the voice of God. So that's one attention we need to pay, paying attention to the moment. And then we need to pay attention to who we really are. And that involves some self-reflection. But it may also involve throwing off expectations of the culture. Because in this moment, in this passage, Mary did what was unexpected and sat at the feet of the teacher. That was a location for men, not women. And Mary did it anyway because she recognized, she was paying attention to what was important in that moment, that she could sit at the feet of Jesus. Whereas Martha was doing good work, but very much fulfilling the role that was expected of her by society. And what Jesus puts before her is a challenge and says, why? I mean, honestly, let's be real. If they need food, Jesus can handle it. Is she, in fact, just living into that expectation that's not bringing her any joy and is, in fact, we know from the passage, filling her with worry and distraction instead? Now, I know throwing off those kinds of expectations can be very difficult. I will tell you that my friend from Uzbekistan um, chose not to return home because she knew what awaited her there was a life of cooking breakfast and lunch and dinner. And instead stayed here and became a history professor and is a mom also. Um, but those are choices that she made because she was given that freedom. And that is really what the work of sanctifying grace is. It is stepping into that journey that God has for you outside of what culture says you're supposed to do outside of what expectations are loaded on you and and also the work that is mindful of the moment and it's a journey specifically mapped out for you in mind so no one in this room will take the same path but god is paying attention to you and has a plan for you and has a dream for you god has mapped out a journey for you. But how do we read that map? Well, we need to make space for quiet reflection. We need to make space to pray, to study, to have discerning conversations, to stop and ask those questions of purpose and meaning and seek an answer for our life. And we need times of action. We need to try things out. We need to see if something brings us joy because we won't really know until we try. I want us to think of the church as a great laboratory. You know, there are high stakes in your job. Taking a chance with the work that you do in your job has some pretty severe high stakes. What if we're just a place where you experiment with being the person God has called you to be? What if you try stuff out? Trust me when I say, if you try something and you find out this is not for me, you can come to me and say, don't ever ask me to do that again. <laughs> and it will be okay because you will have learned something about your purpose. There is much to learn in what we would call failure. If you learn more about who you are and how you're supposed to serve God, there is no failure in that. 
I want us to be a church that seeks to make space for both that quiet reflection and for action that you try out. And that's why I do these four questions conversations. For those of you that have sat down with me, and uh, so many more of you need to sit down with me, please. Um, and I ask you four questions that get to the heart of your purpose. And then we use those four questions to figure out ways that you can serve. You've named for me your passions, and then I listen for where those passions can be used. And, and I want to use just what happened in the last really just over 24 hours to reflect on that process. So yesterday, we got to see the fruits of this. So um, there was a group of us that worked the marathon. We did not run. I was out there. I did not run. <laughs> Even when this thing is off, I am not running a marathon. <laughs> Um, but there was a group of us out there, and we were cheering people on, and we actually were the station where people who ran the relay part got their medals and got their T-shirts, and so we got to congratulate them and celebrate them. And so uh, we put a general call out to people, and we had a couple of people contact us and say, yes, we, I know myself well enough to know I want to cheer some people on. Great, they came. But the other people came because I individually asked them, and I asked them because I was looking for people in those four questions who had named that they really want to be supportive of healthy lifestyles, or who showed me that they have a spirit of encouragement, or people who long to see people reach their potential. So I contacted those folks. Some people were out of town and couldn't work it, but those were the people that I went to and said, come try this out because it feels like this matches who you are. Then after I left the marathon, I came over here and ran into part of our lawn care crew. So you may have uh, remembered that I mentioned um, on the last day of our stewardship series that we were looking for someone to mow the green space, right? If, if we could just get someone to mow the green space, that would save the church thousands of dollars every year. Okay, so we had someone come forward who said, I can mow the green space, but I don't have a riding lawn mower. So then we put a call out, okay, who has a riding lawnmower? Well, what happened then was somebody said, oh, I actually have a riding lawnmower. And both of these people love and connect to God through mowing. <laughs> Again, it's not me. I'm not running, I'm not mowing. But thank God there are people that are. Uh, and, and, and so we said, okay, well, what if the riding lawnmower guy um, did the green space and the one with the push mower did this little stretch right here? And then we had somebody come forward and say, I really love edging and weeding. Oh, okay. And the others who said, I love to plant and I love to get my hands in the dirt. Y'all, we have a, a lawn care crew of five or six people now. We don't have to hire lawn care for the church because people have seen that that is a way that they connect with God. They've identified that in themselves and they have come forward and brought those gifts. Yes! Yes! We're still trying to figure out what we'll do with snow removal, but we've got the lawn covered. And then, after I took some pictures out there of some flowers that are being planted, I came through the church where there were just a ton of people pulling out the ceiling tiles in our church. It's one of the last things that the trustees have approved is the replacement of the ceiling tiles because we've got a new roof now. We can deal with all the stained ceiling tiles. 
but how are we going to get them put in? That kind of labor is expensive. Well, we had a young woman who is pursuing her Eagle Scout designation, Alden Ray. And she approached Tony and said, I, I would love to do a project for the church. What you got? And Tony said, I don't suppose you'd want to tackle ceiling tiles. <laughs> and Alden said, yes. And so Alden, if you would, would you stand up back there? She's with us today, Alden. Alden organized our work. Um, and if you walk through our hallways, uh, most of the ceiling tiles have been replaced. There's still some that have to be cut, and that's still work to be done. But most of the ceiling tiles have been replaced. And, and I was listening to her talk, and she, you know, she's used to being one of those people that throws in and, and just is all in with the service and, and does the work. But her role yesterday was to supervise. And she said, that's a difference. It's different to have to supervise. But she got to experiment with that. She got to try that on and see and discern how and when that role will be right for her. And, and the church and the Boy Scouts, or excuse me, the Scouts, the church and the Scouts helped her discern that. She's learning more about being the person that God has called her to be. That brings me back to this passage. The truth of the matter is we need both reflection and action. But regardless, we need intentionality in it. It needs to be thought through. We need to sit at the feet of Jesus and discern. We need to ask those questions. Who, who do you want me to be, O oh Lord? Who are you calling me to in this moment? And then we need to take the intentional action. And in truth, if we look at the whole of the stories that we have about Mary and Martha, they did both. Because when Mary and Martha are Lazarus' sisters, and when he has died, Martha approaches Jesus, and Jesus has a conversation with her and asks, Who am I? And she says, You are the Messiah. So she has reflected. In the midst of grief and loss, she took the time to stop and be with Jesus and reflect. And then Mary does take action. She is the one who anoints Jesus in preparation for the journey to the cross. They did it with intentionality. And I think this passage showed them how to do that. So what's the result? What's the result when we do the same thing, when we stop and pay attention, when we act and reflect with intentionality. We are living the way we are called. We are living with a lot to do. But without worry and distraction. When we do this work, we get to live beyond our wildest dreams. But not beyond the dreams that God has for you. So my friends, I hope and I pray. And we'll do everything I can to make this place a place where you live God's dream for you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online 
at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.